0: We're going to turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 16 and continue on in our series on divine appointments, key partnerships that will transform your life, will help you grow, progress, and we've been looking at the life of the Apostle Paul as, um, as God has, has brought along key partnerships in his life that has really propelled him to move forward to the person that we know him in Scripture. We've already spoken at length at the fact that uh, Paul wasn't always Paul that originally Paul was Saul of Tarsus, a, a great enemy of the church, and now uh, Paul is, is, is well on his way to being the Paul that we know and are familiar with in Scripture. Uh, but we understand along the way there's been some, uh, some divine uh, appointments, some encounters that he's had, uh, firstly with, with the Savior, and we understand that really uh, without meeting the Savior, then our lives cannot be transformed. Our lives cannot uh, progress onward to uh, to the, the fulfillment that God has designed for each and every one of us. And, and this morning, I want to just start off by uh, encouraging you. If you're here this morning, you've never uh, put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you've you've never known Him to be your Savior. Then then I want to say to you that that God loves you. In fact, He loved you enough that He uh, He came down on uh, to this earth and He laid down His life for you and I uh, as payment for our sin and and I want to say that, that He will transform your life. He will change you. He will make you a new creature. And so He encounters the Savior on the road to Damascus. Uh, this changes His course. This changes his, his trajectory in life. And now He was on His way to something different, something totally new to Him. In fact, if you think about the Apostle Paul, something that is quite opposite to what He thought He stood for. Uh, and then soon after the, this, His path led Him to uh, a servant who uh, allowed him to uh, to move on and and, be, and clarify his calling. And Ananias was simply a servant who was devoted to, to the Lord and, and strengthened Paul along the journey. But then uh, we saw last week a supporter in Barnabas who was an encourager. He came to encourage him during a crossroads in his life. And, and it set him well on the course for the work of the Lord. And we left the story where he and Barnabas had a, uh, had a disagreement, their contention was so sharp, the Bible says, that they split their ways, and, and so now we pick it up in the story in, in Acts chapter 16, and we're going to see the next um, partnership, the next key partnership in the life of the Apostle Paul, and, and that's what we're going we're to see here, that's going to be Timothy, who really is the student, and, and we're going to see here that, that Paul's life changes gear a little bit, where now he wasn't just a taker of those partnerships. He wasn't the one being ministered to per se, but he was now now the one ministering. And there comes a long way in our Christian life if we're truly progressing and we're truly growing and we're truly transforming where we used to be just takers of things from God to be givers of those things that God has given us. And and so we're we're going along now on this journey with Paul and Paul is now up to this stage. Look at uh, chapter 16, look at verse 1. Acts chapter 16, verse 1. Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Notice there that that the Apostle Paul, along his journey here, his missionary journey, that he had stopped at these certain cities. And amongst those that were believers there was this this disciple, this one, that was named Timotheus, who we know later on to be Timothy. We, We see two letters written To Timothy, uh, 1st and 2nd Timothy, uh, and we know some things about him. But what we see through though in the narrative is here this stop at Derby and Lystra that spawned a very special partnership in the life of the Apostle Paul. This was a key partnership where he wasn't going to be the main taker, but now he was going to be the giver. He was going to give forth some things that God had given him and His appointment here, as we read it, was Timothy, and he was going to be Paul's son in the faith. He was going to be his student. And and each and every one of us, we're tasked. We're tasked to pass on the faith that God has given us. That, That is our calling, both saving faith as we go about and we faithfully witness, but also living faith, the things that we've learned of the Lord Jesus Christ, the things that we've learned in His Word. And God has tasked each and every one of us to have an attitude that we are to pass that on. And as we observe Paul in his progression of his journey, he he was given this divine appointment, one of many more such key partnerships. He was given a son in the faith whom he was to invest the faith in. And uh, a little bit about Timothy. Uh, Timothy's name appears uh, some 24 times in the New Testament. We read later on about his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois that they were godly women uh, women whose faith was unfeigned, which means this they had authentic faith they had a faith that was visible and observable uh, but we see here that his father was a greek so so he was of of uh, in that day and uh, of mixed uh, of mixed heritage uh, he grew up though as we note here in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that he grew up on the word of god being instructed in it by his mother and grandmother um, it's said that he may have been the one chosen to take John Mark's place. We know just earlier on that that Paul uh, said that John Mark wasn't going to be profitable. Um, we see here that, that he was circumcised by Paul so that he can have freedom to preach the gospel in the various Jewish synagogues, which was really, as you observe Paul's ministry, his pattern was to go to that local city synagogue. And then he became really Paul's close companion. He really became someone that Paul... Uh, that accompanied Paul and was, uh, was known of Paul and, and Paul known of him. And so we see there that, that, that he goes through and he performs a variety of different ministries in at least five New Testament churches. So Timothy was in Thessalonica, he was in Corinth, Philippi, Berea, and Ephesus. And uh, we see here that Timothy uh, later on, uh, as we, we go through different uh, portions of Scripture, later on Paul is, gives Timothy a special task to be right there in Ephesus. And that's really the occasion of the writings that we have in First and 2 Timothy. And so we're going to get there in a bit. So turn our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And I want to highlight this morning, as we, we close off our, our month, as we've talked about and thought about partnerships, as we start to recognize those intersections in our lives, uh, we're, we're progressing along in our journey. And perhaps this is some of you here today. Perhaps you you have been saved for a little while now. Uh, Perhaps you have grown in the faith a a little bit and there's some things that God has taught you and you've learned through uh, the Word of God, through experience, and, and there's some things that God has put in you that He has allowed others perhaps to invest in your life. Then I want to challenge you today about what you're doing with that, about the fact that God has entrusted you with that, and now as a steward of that, what are you doing with that? But also I want to focus on the student and, and understand that th- this is a mutually beneficial relationship. This wasn't just for, for Paul to just invest in Timothy. No, Timothy had some, uh, a special place and a, a special part to play in the life of the Apostle Paul as well. And again, often we highlight the discipler, but when we consider this special partnership, we must also recognize, again, the student and the mutually beneficial partnership and relationship that, that, that Paul and Timothy have. And so we're going to look at Timothy, how he made a positive impact on the life of the apostle Paul. And notice here, we're going to read verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to pray and ask the Lord to bless our time. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. So Paul is the writer. He's writing to Timothy, unto Timothy. And notice how he says it, my own son in the faith. And, and, and Timothy wasn't, uh, wasn't literally his son biologically. But from a spiritual point of view, Paul saw him and Paul very much treated him and Paul in his affection very much felt for him that he was his own son in the faith. And by that we see that he had such, a, such a, an impact and such a, a heart to invest in the, in the life of this one named Timothy that he called him his own son in the faith it says, grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to, to bless our time. Father we, in heaven, thank you, dear God, for the opportunity we have to be able to study your word this morning. Thank you, dear God, that we have the ability, Lord, to, uh, to, to just meet together, Lord, in freedom and, and free from, uh, from any uh, distraction, dear God, to be able to focus on your word. And Lord, by it, Lord, we hope to glean, and then also, Lord, to grow in the things that we ought to be for You. And so I pray, Father, that You'd help us this morning as we focus in now on this key relationship, this key partnership of a a Paul and a Timothy. And so I pray that You'd help us, Lord, to have that heart today as a church, but Lord, certainly as individuals. And so we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. So we see here that that, that part of this dynamic for the Apostle Paul as he progresses in his faith, as he progresses in his, his journey and of growth and a journey to fulfilling the, the will of God for his life, uh, Timothy comes along. He's a son in the faith, but, the, but this morning we're going to call him the student because certainly he was the learner. He was the one gleaning from the, the Apostle Paul. But notice the student, though, here in the first place. Really, the student is necessary. The student is a necessary partnership for God's work in a believer. And, and um, we understand that, that through the progression of time, uh, even as we observe it in our life, there's a, there's a, there's a time where, where uh, in our maturity, in our, in our ability, we are, we are able to, um, to have our own family. We're able then to, to have, uh, have children that we are to train up. And we saw this morning what a beautiful uh, thing it is, what a beautiful picture it is. And really, that's the same idea for us in the Christian life from a spiritual point of view. It's necessary for us as believers as part of our maturity. And, uh, you know, each and every one of us here who have been parents for even a little while, we understand that something happens when we've been given a responsibility for another. Right? Church this morning, are we together? There's, there's just a responsibility that we have. Listen, some of you here who are, are young people and, and you're sitting here uh, dressed in, in the, the clothes that you have, uh, you've got food in your bellies, you've got the promise of, of a home, and you probably drove here in a car. You know what? You didn't get here on your own. Someone was responsible for you. Someone was responsible for you to get you here. And, 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 and understand this, that whilst you benefit from that, those that have responsibility over you are benefit from that too. There's a growing as a result of the fact that they have a responsibility for you. And so it's necessary. The student is necessary in partnership, uh, necessary partnership for God's work in a believer. And, and, you know, there's many occasions in the Scripture where we see illustrated for us where, where, where parents who uh, perhaps were living a certain way, got things absolutely right or got things right with God or, or grew in their maturity as a result of their parenthood. Notice with me, look at Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. And uh, look at verses 21 to 22. We, we have a lineage here. We see uh, very early on Adam's family highlighted and, and then his descendants now. But notice here, uh, as the the Bible gives us a commentary on their lives, and we see a a person here by the name of Enoch. Look at Genesis chapter 5, look at verse 21. And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. But notice the Bible then makes comment, and Enoch walked with God, and he uses a very important word, after. He begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. So evidently, there was something about Enoch where perhaps that walk with God wasn't something of a highlight for him. But suddenly, as a result of the fact that he had begat Methuselah and other sons and daughters, he had started to walk with God. There's such a, there was such a, uh, perhaps a heaviness of responsibility, uh, uh, an understanding now that he was responsible for another life or another, uh, another set of lives, that suddenly he started to understand you know, it's important for me to walk with God. And there's nothing like responsibility in a person's life to, to, uh, to hasten our growth, to then propel us forward even further in our maturity. And, and I know and I understand even as a, as a young man, when, when we had uh, Vicki and we brought her home and, and even planning for that and even thinking about that, just the great responsibility I felt but then also the great humility I felt to now know that I was responsible by God's plan and by God's design for this child. And and I'm trying to help you apply this from a spiritual point of view. You know why many uh, Christians never really grow beyond where they're at? Because they never really take responsibility to nurture another Christian in the faith. And so they're hindered in their growth. They're hindered in their ability to then uh, to then grow and understand more about God's plan and God's design for their life. Because they never really understand. And, and you parents know uh, this, and if you're honest this morning, you, were, you, you recognize and you look back at when you were single or you were married without children, how really, generally, you were just very selfish. Because you just lived for yourself. You just lived and your schedule was not dictated by another but when you look back now and you've had children, you understand you grew a bit because you couldn't be selfish. You, you couldn't be that way. And, I, and, and I'm just giving you a general thing here, but, but we're like that sometimes in the Christian life. And, and you know, for the Apostle Paul to really grow, and by the way, he, he was given a great mandate to be an apostle to the Gentiles. He, he was going to be used by God. He was a chosen vessel to, to minister to the Gentiles and to win many people and, and, and to be a a help and a blessing to, to many others that he was going to be responsible for, but it had to start with one. You getting this, church, this morning? He had to start with one. He had to start with someone that he was going to really invest in, and, and, and the great burden of that relationship comes uh, from, from the one who was teaching to the one who was learning. And what I'm saying is when we get to this stage and when we have the right attitude about growth, we see the next stages as a furthering of God's work in our lives. And and I'm saying when God gives you opportunities to invest in the lives of others, it's not just about you being a benefit to the one you're investing in. It's actually God stretching you and sharpening you. He he gives you responsibility and through that you grow. And, And I think God works through a student to a teacher in three ways. Firstly, learning. You know, there's some things you you don't learn about yourself until you have to be responsible and teach another person. There's some things you didn't know about yourself. There's some things you didn't know about life. There's some things that you didn't really understand until you started to really be responsible and invest in another person. And and part of the process of learning is being able to teach. Teaching helps you learn. Did you know that? Um, If you've ever prepared for any kind of lesson you needed to teach publicly, you're going to start to learn some things that you didn't know. Uh, I, I'm going to ask, uh, n- no doubt, some of you who, who, um, who maybe for the first time in the, this past year prepared for a Sunday school lesson. I had two of our young men, and they've prepared somewhat um, things, other things before, but uh, we've, we had Brother Daniel, Brother Johan, they prepared something for the class this morning. And, and I'm sure they learned something about Ephesus that they never knew about. They, uh, Daniel taught a lesson on saints. I'm sure there were some things he didn't know about saints. Did you know that we're all saints, right, biblically? We're all saints. It's not like the, this special office. And, uh, and he learned that. You know why? Because he had to study to teach it. Uh, Brother Johan taught on faithful what it, that meant, and he taught a good lesson on that. And they, both these young men did a great job this morning. But what I'm trying to say is this. There were some things they didn't know until they had to study to teach. And, and, and parents, I know from experience, there were some things I didn't know about life that until I was responsible for a young child. And, and, you know, you don't know what you know and don't know until you get asked questions by a child. You ever been in a car with a child and, and it's a long, long trip? And they see something and they go, they ask you a question And then, you know, you give them an answer, and then, you know what the next question usually is? Why? And you go, I I don't know. And then you start to think about it. You give them another reason, and then they go, why? And and what that is, is you're actually, in in the process of trying to teach that, you're actually learning. It's actually mutually beneficial. And and that's why I think sometimes we, and, and by the way, can I just say this, and I just believe this. Uh, it's scriptural, you might be thinking, but pastor, you're saying this and you're acting like we all should be Sunday school teachers. No, you don't have to be all Sunday school teachers, but we're all called to be teachers. We're meant to teach with our lives. And it doesn't matter how old you are. There's someone you can teach. There's some, someone that you can come alongside and teach something and, and it's a mutually beneficial thing. And, and, and Christians never really grow beyond a certain level Because they never have this idea or never really put themselves out there to be able to teach and therefore they never really learn in that way. And having a student means that you have someone you're actually teaching and therefore of necessity you must continue to learn. But then also not only learning, it also provides some refining. When when you have someone you're teaching, it refines you, it reveals what you don't know, it reveals what you're weak in. You may have thought you were a selfless person, but then you get a, when you get a crying baby at 3 a.m. in the morning and you really don't want to get up, but you have to, that teaches you something, doesn't it? But that refines you. It refines it. It, it uncovers maybe those, those things that you hold dear to that, that are, aren't supposed to be there. Um, and, and maybe you used to think you had patience until you had children then realize you really don't have patience. <laughs> but it's refining. It refines you. Um, you know, it, it's interesting as you think about, uh, you think about the, the life of the Apostle Paul. And, and, you know, last week we left off there in, um, in Acts chapter 15. And we had that contention and he was so adamant, wasn't he? He was so adamant not to take John Mark. And we know Barnabas, he, he was a, an encourager and so he took John Mark anyway. But, but Paul was so adamant, but um, understand this, then the next, the, the next phase of his journey, he then went to another, and, and, and here, someone he didn't really know, someone by the name of Timothy, he, he took a chance on. And I can't help but think, you know, maybe Paul learned something there, and it refined him. Understand that Paul was just like you and I, he had to grow too, right? We have to grow as well, right? None of us have arrived. All of us here have to have, we have to have the mentality that we have to continue to grow. And so Paul was, was refined by his relationship with Timothy. In fact, later on, uh, I think we referred to this at, at a Wednesday study. Look at 2 Timothy. Notice chapter 4. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Notice verse 11. He says, only Luke is with me. But then he says, "Take Mark. You know who that Mark is? John Mark. And bring him with thee, for he is profitable profitable to me for the ministry. You know, there's a stark contrast between the way Paul thought prior to Timothy, to the way he thought after Timothy. He, he was a he, his relationship that was a refinement. You know, we, we read about you, you read about the, the Timothy how he was. He, and if you you read." The, the Scriptures there, you understand that, that Timothy was a bit of a timid man. He had a lot of fears. And we know a little bit about Paul. Paul was just full of gusto. He was a courageous man. And, and so, no doubt, as, as they journeyed together, they, they spent a lot of time together, there was in that investment, in that teaching and, and student relationship, there would have been some things Paul didn't understand about Timothy and vice versa and in that that relationship it refines us to the point here where we see that that Paul was okay to give chances Paul was now okay to give John Mark who back then was unprofitable to now be profitable and i can't help but think that there had to be something to do with his his relationship there with Timothy and other sons in the faith but really what i'm getting at is is this you know in that in the first place it's necessary because it's not only for learning but for refining, but also for maturing. You know, we never really get to stages of of maturing until we experience different things. And what we see is Paul is maturing because God gifted him with those disciples, with some disciples. And and when God gifts us responsibility for others, the goal that God has is that we mature. There's some things now that we must put away for the sake of others. And, you know, as parents... Again, using that as an illustration, we no longer just think of ourselves. We, don't know, we no longer just think about what we want to do. We've got to consider the family. That's, you know what that is? It's maturing. You're, you're maturing. Um, and Paul, when he wrote to Timothy, he, he wrote of his concern for him. He wrote of, of those things that he was thinking of in, in the life of the son in the faith that he had, Timothy. He 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 was greatly desiring in, in chapter one, second Timothy chapter one, verse four, greatly desiring to see him, being mindful of his tears that I may be filled with joy. And he calls to remembrance those things about Timothy, how he had an unfeigned faith. And, and, and what Paul was saying was, you know, I, I'm mindful of you. And and you know, maturity brings you this. Maturity brings you to a point where you're not just thinking of yourself, you're thinking of others. That's maturity. When we can set aside our own ambition and, and all of that and be more concerned for the for the those that we have responsibility for, that's maturity and and, and that's God's God's desire in that. And so, in the first place, it's a necessary partnership uh, for the maturing of the believer. But then, secondly, notice here. Uh, look at Second uh, Timothy chapter two now. And here, familiar verses probably to all of us. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and look at verses 1 and 2. And, and we read here uh, some, something that that Paul gives now to, again, uh, Timothy who was going through some some discouragement. Timothy was now a little long, longer in the ministry, had experienced some ups and downs, and it seemed to be that he was in a downward uh, motion right now, and so he encourages him in chapter 2. Look at verse 1 Thou, therefore, my son, he calls him his son again, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me. You know, when I read that, I, I think about Paul's investment in the life of Timothy, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So in the midst of this, this diatribe that he's about to have about enduring, doing, uh, continuing on the work despite the hardship, he was reminding Timothy about what he had invested in him and that he ought to do that to others also. So here's the point I want to make. The, the student is not only necessary a necessary partnership in the maturing of the believer and God's work in them, but, but the student is, is, is needed to perpetuate God's work through generations. And what, what he was trying to get Timothy to think about was this, you know, I did what I could to invest in you so that the work of God can continue on through you. And he's saying endure because of that. Endure because there's others that God has uh, seen along down that path of life that you need to, to touch and you need to, to invest in. And, 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 and Paul was giving Timothy th- that charge. But in the same sense, it was also Paul saying, I want the work of God to continue. And guess what? That doesn't happen until, unless you pass it on. You know, all of us here need to remember and understand that the work of God isn't just a generational work. Listen, it's not just for us, church. It, it's, it, if the Lord tarries... His return. There's still more souls and there's still more people that need to be helped, that need to be invested in. And we can't just think about now. We've got to think about tomorrow and the years ahead. And we've got to pass it on. We, we've got children here that are growing up. We saw it this morning. That need our help. And parents who need our help to be able to pass on and, and, and nurture these children in the things of the Lord. And Timothy gives Paul really the joy of seeing the work that, that God has called him to do to continue. And without a student, a teacher's knowledge and expertise dies. Do you think about that? I know you, these days we have technology, we can record things, but you know, really in that, it just sort of dies. There's, there's those things that we know because th- those things were passed on. And so without disciples, God's work can't perpetuate. And generations are needed in the church and the work of God. And, you know, the, the, the student really becomes the steward of his teacher's legacy. Notice what he said here in chapter 3. Look at chapter 3 now. And uh, look at verse, verse 10. Actually, let's contrast that. Look at verse 8. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses... So do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But notice this, but they shall proceed no further. So he's saying there that there's thing, there's those that are resisting the faith, they don't want to they don't want to receive it, they don't want to learn, and so they're not going to proceed any further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But then he says, But thou, you, you Timothy, you've fully known my doctrine. You fully know my manner of life. You fully know my purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. So he's saying you've, I've given all of you, all of me to you. You've fully known. You've fully known my doctrine. You've fully known those things that I've experienced and have grown in. And you've, I've invested myself in you. So you, you need to proceed. You need to go on. You need to continue on. You are the guardian of of my of my legacy in the gospel. And and what he was saying was, Paul fully invested himself into Timothy. He emptied himself and poured himself into Timothy. And now the call was to endure also. He's saying endure also. And, and many times we we look at our lives and we look at you know what are we supposed to do and and perhaps in your children, perhaps the but perhaps those that God brings you along the way that you've won or those that you're in association with in your local church. I'm trying to just, I'm just trying to light something inside you today, church, that will say, I want to pass on the things that God has put in me. I want to pass it on. It's not just about us living in this time. We're meant to pour ourselves into another's life. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You know, today you're a vessel. And God's filling you with some things. And, you know, uh, God will fill you with different different knowledge and experience. He, he's going to grow you. But He's trying to fill you. And, and it's treasure. You know, this is my favorite lolly. Peanut M&M's, all right? Just remember that. But, um, but you know, this represents our lives. And God's trying to fill it up. He's trying to fill it up with, with treasures. The, the treasure, firstly, is the gospel. But He's trying to fill you up with, with, by others filling you up with, with knowledge and with, with responsibility and with experiences. And, and all of that it has an expiry date, doesn't it? Doesn't it, church? None of us here are going to live on this earth forever, right? It's just the reality. All of us here have an expiration date, but, but, you know, what about those things? And, you know, many others have put in, and, and let's say this represents my life, and uh, I see that it's still got a few more left, but, you know, many people have invested in me. And not because they just specially liked me, but because I'm just a vessel for the work of the gospel. I'm just a vessel that God's meant to be uh, calling, and, and He says that we are to be vessels, meet unto the Master's use. But, you know, each and every one of us, we're different shapes, but we have the the same capacity. We have the same capacity to just continue the work of God. We're we're meant to pour into uh, another, the the life that God has given us. And maybe this is the next vessel. And I'm meant to pour myself into another. I'm meant to give a little bit and give myself wholly to the work of God in another's life. And and I'm meant to, as I live each day, be mindful that my expiration date... Is unknown to me, but is known to God, and I don't know what tomorrow holds. But the work of God is what matters in my life. Those things that God has put in my life, those are the things that matter for eternity. It's not those things that I I uh, I, I put my perhaps my mark on. It's not about my possessions. It's about the things that God has put in my life. It's about the faith. And, and you know what? He's saying the same commit thou to faithful men. And guess what? Here's the hope. We all have the same capacity. Here's the hope that another will come along and, and this one, while well, this one disappears off to the scene. Our Timothys will then have the attitude that they're going to pour their lives up into another as well. And, and as they, they walk and it's their turn, and I have no guarantee, church. None of us have any guarantee of what tomorrow brings. And, and, and Timothy then will become Paul one day, and he's going to have to be the one pouring into another's life. He's going to have to be the one who's going to be the guardian of the, of the gospel and the guardian of the faith, of the doctrines of the Word of God. and. And there's a hope that this one, this other generation, this other vessel will find another vessel that he can pour his life into. But listen, we'll only only ever affect others if we start ourselves first. And it's got to perpetuate through the generations. That's why it's important to endure in our teaching and and endure in the, in the investing in the lives of others. We spoke a little bit to a, a group yesterday that were interested in discipling, and it was a joy for me to be able to just sit there and listen to them as they, they just spoke about those that they're discipling uh, with already, those that they're wanting to invest in, and it was a blessing. And I was speaking to them about the fact that, that the way they disciple will be the way others will disciple after them. And if you give yourself half-heartedly and you only pour half your life into someone else and you only give only a little bit to, to the cause of Christ, then they'll only get the little bit. But if we give ourselves wholly to it, and, and, and like Timothy said, uh, sorry, Paul, Paul said to Timothy, I have, "You have fully known some things about me, and yet we have this treasure in earthen vessels." And the student must have the mentality that the work needs to continue. The same commit thou. You know, it's interesting. The student so quickly becomes the teacher. You notice how time flies? You know, we were discussing it uh, with some of the young people. When you were kids, an hour seemed like an eternity, especially in the classroom, right? But now time just seems to fly, and the student so quickly becomes the teacher. The son so quickly becomes the father. And the cycle just continues on and on until the Lord tarries. But I'm asking, who's, who among us today will continue the work? Who among us today will, will invest in the, the, those that are coming up, those that are around? Who, who in us will just have the mentality of the Apostle Paul? And the great benefit for, the, for those of you who, like Paul, will invest in another is this, the work of God continues beyond you. You know, we can't be selfish with the work of God. It's not about us. It's about the work. But then lastly, as we think of this, the, the student is really next in the process of God's work to, for it to really prosper. Because again, if you think about it, the, the, when we pour into another's life, then that's another life that can affect others too. And it's got this idea of Multiplication. And Tim Timothy gives Paul the ability for the work to truly succeed. And, you know, I'm just saying, and I'm just so, uh, so burdened today, God's work isn't just for today. It's for the tomorrows as well until the Lord returns. And God is calling. God is calling each of us as believers to actively pass on the faith given to us through His Word. Someone once wisely told me there's no success without a successor. And, you know, uh, if we look at... If we look at John chapter 15, we won't take the time this morning, but John chapter 15 is that great passage about abiding and fruit-bearing. And fruit in the Bible has to do with reproduction, of continuation. And he's saying that, that, that the, what, what God is looking for is for, for there to be for us to bear fruit. God is looking for fruit, in Luke 6:43 to44, "For a good tree bringeth forth not forth f- corrupt fruit." Neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit, for every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not uh, gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. And, and the point is this, like produces like. If we would be fruitful then, then we, and we invest in the lives of others, then they will be fruitful also. And we are to replicate and reproduce ourselves in the generations to follow. But God's not only looking for fruit, God is looking for lasting fruit. But here's the the the... Here's the conundrum. Here's the issue. None of us last forever. We'll be forever in heaven if you're saved. But we won't be here forever. And so how do we have lasting fruit? The only way we can have lasting fruit, fruit that remains, is if we pass it on. If we do our work and we pass it on. That's the only way. You see, the Bible says in John 15, 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth much fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. And God's not simply looking for quantity of fruit. He's looking for quality of fruit. He's looking for fruit that will be able to reproduce further fruit, and that's the fruit that remains. You know, when we don't pass on the faith Don't seek for a student, then we miss the point. You're you're hindering your your maturing. You're you're hindering the the work of God perpetuating to the next generation. And really, you're hindering the success of the work of God. We as God's people should rejoice in the day that God will give us another to whom we can invest in. And maybe some of us here, we would just take that opportunity and really take that chance. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, well, there's some things I really don't know. I'd li- really like to grow. Then can I just encourage you to be the student, to humble yourself and, and come along a journey with someone who has, who's, who's walked down the road a little bit. You know, our job isn't done until those that we have taught are able to teach others also. And that was the, the, that was the whole point that, that Paul gave to Timothy. And I want to I wanna encourage you this morning. Maybe the partnership that God will bring you next you won't, you won't be the taker, you'll be the giver. You'll be the one to, to just walk along them. be the example that you should be, be the teacher that you should be. And, and certainly as we look around and there's, there's young children, there's young people, there's young adults who are, are still searching and growing, and some of you who have been saved for a very long time. What are you doing with that? What are you doing with the moments of time? And the pieces of knowledge and the treasures that God gives you. Are you keeping it? Because you've got an expiry date. And, and fr- God's looking for fruit that will remain. Long-lasting fruit. And, and church and, and Christian this morning, I'm asking, would you just invest? Would you take the treasure that God has given you? Would you just pour that into another's life? we just have the mentality that we're going to do all we can this, this uh, next couple of weeks and into our lifetime to just look at others in this way, that, that maybe God has given us that divine partnership, that, that, that key partnership, that divine appointment. You know, I, I remember as a 12-year-old boy, again, our church starting, and uh, I remember, um, you know, for a, for a time, we, we didn't have a pastor. And I remember we, we searched, we prayed, we, we looked, and God brought someone, David Demirio. And I know where he's at today. But the, the reality was he took his little moments, and he took a 14-year-old boy, and he just poured his life into this. And I was probably annoying. In fact, I know myself, I was probably obnoxious. I had a lot of questions. In fact, there were times where I was resistant. But he kept at it. And I don't know if he knew, I don't know if he ever thought that, you know, one day I would do what he would be doing, pastoring the church that he loved. I didn't know it at the time. But all I knew was this, someone was pouring themselves to me. And now I'm a steward of those things too. And, and you know, others have come along that journey as well. Others have come along, uh, not always in our church, that have invested in me. And and you know what? I'm not going to waste the treasure that God gave them to give me. I'm going to pass it on. I want to invest. And maybe today, God will give you a key partnership. And maybe today, I know that just fell. Maybe today is the day you just maybe surrender yourself to say, Lord, if I can be a blessing and a help to someone, if I can pour my life into someone else or to even others, would you let me do it? And maybe you're here and you're thinking, well, I need to be instructed. Would you just humble yourself and be like Timothy and just come along for the the journey and come along for the road? You know, Timothy, along with others, we, we see Titus, we see others in the Bible. They, they, Paul saw them as his son, sons in the faith. They, they were his students to teach and perhaps we would do well to reflect on those that taught us like I did this week and then look at how we can now pass it on. You know, Lord Jesus, He spent His, his, his ministry life walking with 12 men, pouring His life into them so that He can pour out His blood for you and I. And, and them to propagate that message. And we have it today. You know why? Because the Lord Jesus himself had the attitude that he must pass it on. And so I, I want to encourage you this morning. Would you look at, at you, how God can use you in the life of another? And would we surrender ourselves to that? Let's pray. Father God, we just want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have this morning Lord, to just take a glimpse into the life of, of these saints that you, Lord, that you used in the past, Lord, as an example to us. And Father, we know that these men were, were, weren't perfect. Uh, we know they went through their struggles. And yet, Lord, in all of that, you were pouring into them those truths, that knowledge, the, the, those things that are needed for the, for the next generation to continue on. And, and Lord, we're, we are recipients of that today because others were faithful. And so I pray that in our time, regardless of our circumstance, would we just put ourselves to the work? Would we just put ourselves to just the, the, the working of investing in another life? And perhaps for those who are parents in the room, that they would recognize that they have that opportunity in their children, that Lord, for perhaps some of these uh, older men would realize that there's some younger men that need mentoring, that need discipling, that need just a, a, a hand of, uh, that's been faithful over the years to be able to come beside them. Maybe some uh, older ladies would realize that they need a, a young lady that they can transfer some knowledge and, and some love and some grace into. And, and Lord, I pray that we as a church would just take ownership of that, that calling to go and teach others also. And so I pray that you'd help us this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. As the piano begins to play, we're going to have a time of invitation. And I want you to listen carefully this morning as we uh, have this time of invitation. Maybe perhaps you're here this morning and you've never never trusted Christ as your Savior. And I know we weren't explicit about that this morning, but simply it's this. uh, the, The Lord Jesus Christ, who was very god Willingly laid down his life, living a perfect life, being a perfect sacrifice for you and I. And he shed his blood on the cross, and he was buried, and he rose again. And because of that, he's given us a promise that if we would call upon him to save us, that he will save us. The Bible says that we're we're not saved by gra- uh, we're not uh, saved by good works, but we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves; it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And it's it's simply trusting in the finished work of Christ. And I wonder if you're here this morning and there was never a time where you trusted Jesus as your Savior. Is there anyone this morning just with an uplifted hand? And I just want, I won't embarrass you. I'll just simply say, I'll pray for you. But is there anyone here this morning? Anyone here this morning that says, that says, a Pastor, that's me. Would you, would you just pray for me? I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure. Is there anyone this morning just say, I'm not sure I'm saved. Please pray for me. I'd like to know. Is there anyone this morning? Just with an uplifted hand. Then I want to speak to you Christians. If you're a Christian here this morning, I wonder if you're investing your life. And I want to speak firstly to the parents. Parents, would you just with a raised hand just say, Pastor, I understand. I, I want to live faithfully and I want to just I want to pour my life into my children so that they could, they could receive and they could know how it is to, to be saved, but then also how it is to live in the Christian Uh, Christian life and any hands raised parents I want to call you out parents I see some hands any other parents say pastor pray for me I want to pour my life into my children I want to pour into them those things that I know of the Lord and I see some hands anyone else to see those hands now I want to say to you some of you leaders some of you who've just walked down the road a little longer and you say pastor God's God's spoken to me about investing my life in others and and I'd be open, I'd be open to God working in me through that. Anyone here this morning, just say, uh, Pastor, pray for me. I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. I see many hands. I see some hands there. Thank you. I see many hands. Maybe you're here and say, Pastor, I've never really received that. I've never really had that instruction. And, and Pastor, I'd like to be the student, actually. Is there anyone just say, just with humility, just say, I want to be the student. I see those hands. Thank you. See those hands. Good. Praise the Lord. Well, let's all stand to the, our feet, heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to challenge you. If you raise your hand, why don't you take the time and, and pray at this altar this morning. Maybe you're a disciple and a, a disciplee. Maybe you're being discipled by someone. I want to encourage you. If you've got that relationship, that partnership, why don't you pray together? Maybe some of you your parents with your children, why don't you come this morning and why don't you just pray together and just commit that to the Lord. Uh, As the piano plays, if you raise your hand, why don't you come and let's uh, take some time to pray this morning.